coming up on this episode of Here is an Idea. And we can tell this code, hey, we want to minimize drag. And you can change the shape of something in this location. If we learn how to do this and we learn what the limitations are, then we could say, take this to something that's more complicated, like a car. Or we could take it to something that's more complicated, like an entire airplane. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Here is an Idea. I'm Chitra Sethi, Editorial Director at SAE Media Group. Today's idea is a fitting one as the world prepares for the Winter Olympics. Luge is one of the three sliding sports on the program at the 2022 Winter Olympics being held in Beijing this month. The sport was first competed at the Olympics in 1964 and requires athletes to barrel down an ice track on small sleds accelerating to speeds of nearly 90 miles per hour. The sleds are often designed and built through trial and error. Now the U.S. National Science Foundation is supporting Clarkson University engineers in their work to test new scientific approaches that could improve the performance of sleds. Today we will be speaking with Clarkson Mechanical and Aeronautical Engineering Professor Doug Bowl on what it takes to move from trial and error to cutting-edge aerodynamic design. Hi, Doug. Welcome to Here is an Idea. Hi. Thank you for having me. So, Doug, why are engineering improvements so difficult to make in sled design? So, luge is timed to a thousandth of a second. There have been instances where races have been decided by a couple thousandths or a hundredth of a second. And so, we're trying to make improvements that impact a run that lasts about 50 or 60 seconds and we're trying to take off, you know, fractions of a second of time. So that's that's one of the reasons. The other reason is that it's a really athlete dependent sport and no two runs are the same and so it's hard to tease out how much of a change in the design is due to the design and how much of it may just be due to the fact that somebody had a really good run. It's hard to test real life. Let's start from the beginning. How did you get involved in Luge? My wife saw an announcement from US Luge for something they call Slider Search. And Slider Search is Luge's program to um, recruit kids basically into Luge and to start them training to become potential Olympic athletes. My oldest son was 10 years old at the time, and my wife thought that it would be perfect for him. And we became Luge parents. As a, as a luge parent, I had a lot of time to talk to the coaches and we started talking about the technical side of the sleds. And given that Clarkson is about an hour and a half from um, US Luge Association headquarters, it made a lot of sense that we started working together. That's awesome. Now, what does a usual luge look like? Uh, can you help us visualize it? Well, let's start with the, the difference in the sliding sports. The two sliding sports where there are athletes on a sled that you can see them are skeleton and luge. And skeleton is the head first version. So basically you're going down the hill on head first and luge is the feet first version. So luge is the sliding sport where you see an athlete laying on their back with their feet pointed down. Um, and it looks like their head is looking straight up and they're going down. For people who might have grown up in um, Northern climates where uh, there's snow and you grew up sliding as a kid, the quickest visual on a luge sled is um, the flexible flyer sled that we grew up on, a sled that has two rails and you lay on it either on your back or on your, on your legs. 
Now, from the design perspective, how is the luge that you are, you know, building, how is that different? Traditionally, what has happened when people were designing sleds, it was former athletes or current athletes who would design a aerodynamic shape basically um, by eye and by feel and sort of guessing as to what it should be shaped and what might be better or worse from an aerodynamic perspective. And there wasn't a lot of testing or um, engineering that went into that. When you shape things by hand, it's it's more organic. And so it's maybe not symmetric, um, same on the left side and the right side. You know, it may be irregular where there might be waves or something in it from where you sanded a little deeper or sanded a little less. It was a human creation, so they weren't perfect. We've started using 3D laser scanning and CAD models and some other engineering analysis in order to create CAD models of sleds and then to use those CAD models as starting points for modifications in the shape. To develop these new shapes, your team also uses a computational method. Uh, Can you tell us more about it? We often do what's called computational fluid dynamics. And so it is basically a computer simulation of, in this case, airflow, but it could also be water flow or something like that over, say, a boat hull. But we're using computational fluid dynamics to model how the air flows around a loose sled with a rider on it. So we have a model that includes both a sled and actually has uh, Chris Mazder on it. So he's the U.S. Olympian who won the silver medal four years ago. And so our, our model is an actual model of Chris on his sled. We take that and we've created a CAD model out of that. And from the CAD model, then we can import that into the computer simulation code and run a CFD simulation on the sled in air. And so we can model the, the flow from um, low speeds to the higher speeds that they would typically see on a track. And that then allows us to estimate what the aerodynamic forces are on the sled. And then we can change the shape. And so we can run through a big parameter space because it's easy to change the shape and start to look at you know places where we may want to make changes that we think are gonna lead to improvements in the aerodynamic performance. What are some of the challenges you faced in design and development of these new shapes? A loose sled and rider on it looks pretty simple. So if you look at it, it looks like a human who's laying down, but there's a lot of bumps and crevices and places where, you know, we have arms and gaps. And those are really challenging geometries to do accurate simulations on. And and they're places where the simulation software we know struggle. And so that creates an issue where you're getting answers. You have to take that guidance as guidance and rather than as truth. The other thing that's challenging about this is you've probably noticed that no two humans are alike. And if you take a look at luge athletes, historically, they come in all different shapes and sizes. Some are shorter and a little stockier and some are taller and a little thinner which means they all fit on sleds differently. They all need different size sleds. There's nothing that, you know, describes a a single case. We can get general answers, but it's really hard to get universal answers from that. So Doug, as as the team was working on on these uh, new shapes, was there a particular aha moment that you remember? One of the fun things about this project is that we've been able to combine 
the computer simulations with some experimental work. And we were able to take a scale model of our sled with Chris on it and 3D print it. So we took that CAD model and 3D printed it at scale. And we took it to a wind tunnel and we were able to do some experiments on it. One of the things that we did was something um, where we're able to visualize the flow motion, what the flow field looks like going around a sled. And the nice thing about doing that is you get to see dynamically what the air is doing as it's going around this crazy object going through air. It's an unsteady flow. And so when you look at the flow going over the top of the body and under the bottom of the body and how it interacts after it goes past the person's head and what the wake looks like, it's really dynamic and it evolves over time. One of the limitations on the computer software is it gives you what that average flow field looks like, but it really misses a lot of the, the dynamics and the complexity that is fluid dynamics and aerodynamics. It was really exciting to be able to see those unsteady experiments um, that showed us what's happening from moment to moment as the air is going over the sled. And it's helpful when you're thinking about the overall dynamics to understand how those changes are with time that we miss when we just do computations. Great. One final question. Um, so where are you with the research right now and what are the future applications of it? We've teamed these computational simulations up with a design process that is somewhat an automated intelligent design process. So what happens is we run this computer simulation and then we can automatically morph the shape of the body and we can tell this code hey, we want to minimize drag and you can change the shape of something in this location. And the process will go and warp the shape and see what it does and then warp it a little bit more and see what it does and it will change it. In theory, this process will lead you to a design that minimizes your parameter. And so for us, our parameter is drag. They've used this process before to optimize, say, lift and drag on a wing. And a wing is a really simple object. The geometry is not very complicated and the flow field is easy. We're now applying that process on a really complicated shape in a complicated flow field. And so if we learn how to do this and we learn what the limitations are, then we could say, take this to something that's more complicated, like a car or we could take it to something that's more complicated like an entire airplane. So let's back up to the car for a second. You could take this sort of process and take a traditional car shape and you could say, we want to minimize the drag. So um, the thought there would be to you know, increase fuel economy. And we can take that complicated shape and we can let this smart automated design process run through a large parameter space and say, hey, this is what the best shape is. And then we can take a look at it. So it's exciting to be able to take um, a process that's been used on relatively simple objects and then start to apply it now to complicated objects that have more day-to-day -day relevance for us and to hopefully make improvements in those down the road. Well, thank you so much, Doc, for being with us on Here is an Idea. You are very welcome. And like I said, thank you for having me. 
you'd like to learn more, go to our episode page at techbriefs.com slash podcast, where you can also listen to previous episodes of Here is an Idea. If you like this episode, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And if you have questions for Professor Doug Bowl or any comments about the episode, please email us at feedback at saemediagroup.com. Thanks for listening.